Michelle Gibbs. My husband Mike and I live in Idaho and we have five children. The oldest is 15 and the youngest is almost two years old. This year we are studying Doctrine and Covenants and church history. Join with me as I share thoughts that I have while I study using the Come Follow Me program from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This week we're studying Doctrine and Covenants section 29. It's been another busy week at our house. Uh, we've been traveling for spring break, over spring break, and just got back and trying to recover and catch up from being gone is always a little bit crazy. Last week was crazy because we were getting ready. It seems like that's how it is with trips. You spend several days before getting ready and then you take your trip and then several days after just trying to catch up. It usually takes a couple of weeks, even if it's just a three-day trip or something. In this case, we actually took a couple of extra days and we went to see family and we also went to Mount Rushmore to show the kids that and to see some of the sites there along the way. And it was really fun and really exciting. Had a great time and it's nice to be back home. Of course, we got home and it's snowing here, which is always fun over spring break, but not super unheard of in this area of the country. So at any rate, I was able to study Doctrine and Covenants section 29 in bits and pieces. And then as we got home, I was able to take some a good couple of chunks of time to really do some reading and, and studying. And I love all the doctrine that's in section 29. Lots of good stuff about the plan of salvation and about how we can return and receive exaltation and live eternally with Heavenly Father. About the atonement and the Savior and just lots of good stuff. I also think there's a lot of good information about Heavenly Father and His loving nature as a father and as our father. One of those thing, verses that really stuck out to me in this way was verse 5. It says, lift up your hearts and be glad for I am in your midst and am your advocate with the father and it is his good will to give you the kingdom. So in this verse, the Savior is telling us, be happy. Don't, don't be weighed down. Lift, lift up your hearts and remember that I'm here and I'm here to help you to be your advocate with the Father. But the last phrase is what really stuck out to me and, and I think teaches us something about our Heavenly Father where, when it says, it is His good will to give you the kingdom. And I think sometimes we think we have to be good. Heavenly Father won't allow anything but, but people who are free from sin. And, and while that is all true, sometimes it paints a picture of a very rigid being and doesn't show the loving caring side of our Heavenly Father. Sometimes we forget that I think. My kids and I were reading this morning in 1st Nephi chapter 17 where it talked about how Heavenly Father cursed the land for the sake of the wicked. We were discussing the fact that it, it seems harsh and absolute this I'm cursing the land because you disobeyed but at the end of those verses there's another one in second Nephi chapter 1 and it just says cursed shall be the land for their sakes and that just reminds us that Heavenly Father does all things for our benefit so we talked about that today as we were eating our breakfast and studying the Book of Mormon and 
how Heavenly Father does that so that we have an opportunity, as my kids were telling me, to be humble and to repent. It, he does that to give us that opportunity and to help humble us so that we can repent and return to Him. And I, it reminded me of a hymn. And let's see if I can remember what the name of the hymn is. It's Maybe it's called, Does the Journey Seem Long? Yes, it is. It is. And I wanted to read the words to a couple of the verses. Does the journey seem long, the path rugged and steep? Are there briars and thorns on the way? Do sharp stones cut your feet as you struggle to rise to the heights through the heat of the day? And then not the next verse, but I think it's verse 3, says, Let your heart be not faint. Now the journey's begun. There is one who still beckons to you. So look upward in joy and take hold of his hand. He will lead you to heights that are new. And all these things just kind of came together for me this week in remembering that Heavenly Father loves us and it is his good will. It's, it's what he wants is to give us those blessings, to give us the kingdom. And he's trying to help us in any way that he can, in every way that he can. But sometimes that means we have to go up the path that is rugged and steep, and there's briars and thorns, and our feet get cut, and it's really hard to do. But then just to, we can remember that Heavenly Father is there to help us. And if we take his hand, he will lead us. In... Doctrine and Covenant section 29, verse 39, it says, And it must needs be that the devil should tempt the children of men, or they could not be agents unto themselves. For if they never should have bitter, they could not know the sweet. And I think that really also ties in that Heavenly Father knows that we have to have both sides. There, there are two sides to the coin, and we, we can't experience the sweet without knowing the bitter. But we don't have to do it alone. And we have... Our Heavenly Father who loves us and who provides the way for us to overcome these obstacles and the Savior there for us to be our, to, uh, to be our Savior. <laughs> Sorry to repeat that word, but really that is, in a nutshell, what He is here for us. He loves us and He is here to help us and to provide a way for us to repent and come back to our Heavenly Father. In verse 34 of Doctrine and Covenant, section 29, it says, All things unto me are spiritual. And I have spent actually quite a bit of time this week really thinking about how all things are spiritual. And, you know, we sometimes, we, especially in this life, we tend to think one or the other. Is this a spiritual thing or is this a physical thing? And even Laman and Lemuel ask that of Nephi one time when he's explaining things to them about the tree of life. And they say, well, was this supposed to be spiritual or physical? And it's a question that we all have and at different times of our life trying to figure out what it is that we should be getting out of, out of these situations. And Heavenly Father wants us to know that everything is spiritual and then physical. And we were first created spiritually before we were given our bodies. And the manual suggests that we look for spiritual meaning or purpose in our everyday tasks, it says. And so I started doing that this morning as I was thinking about spiritual over temporal and how everything is spiritual first. 
and I was outside shoveling because we just had a tiny bit of snow, not a lot, but I wanted to shovel to so that my husband could leave for work. And that's just something that we do at our house. I have learned the hard way that if you drive over a, a driveway that has snow on it, it packs the snow down, turns it to ice, and then it won't come up. It's so much easier if you shovel before you drive. Otherwise, especially in Idaho, it just builds on itself and builds on itself and you can't get it up for months. You have this ice tracks on your driveway and it drives me crazy. So we always try to shovel before anybody drives on the driveway. And so I was out shoveling real quick so that my husband could head out to work. And I was thinking, okay, here I am shoveling. How is this spiritual? What am I doing? Well, physically, I'm helping clear the path so that it can be seen, so that it can be clean. And also, I'm making it easier to clean up, it's easier to clean up before than after we make a mess, right? So I was thinking about how can that be spiritually speaking? And it is true on a spiritual sense, to me at least, I was thinking, well, it's easier for me to do the preventative maintenance in my life, in my spiritually speaking, than it is to clean up after after I drive over that snow or after I after sitting. It's so much easier to just stay on the path and keep it clean. So that was one thought I had. I'm sure there's a lot of other interpretations on all these things. These are just brief things I was thinking of. I was thinking about shopping because I'm back from my trip and I've got to go shopping and pick up supplies because we're pretty much out of everything. At least all of our perishable type things, milk and bread and things like that. And so I was thinking, well, we got to refill the food supply. And spiritually speaking, that is true too. It made me think actually of church. You know, I try to go shopping. I try not to go more than once a week. Now, in in the spiritual sense, of course, as many times as we go, good more is good, right? But um, we try to go at least every week because we need to refill our spiritual food supply because if we don't and we miss church, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but when you miss a week, you kind of feel depleted a little bit. And so we need that that replenishment, I guess you could say. We need to restock our spiritual pantry so that we have the supplies that we need for the week. And as we've had the opportunity to go back to church physically, be in the church building, it has been such a blessing. And I I loved being at home for church and we learned and we grew in ways as a family and as individuals that I didn't know we could. And it was such a wonderful experience. But going back to the church building even though at first I was a little bit hesitant, wondering if, you know, thinking I would miss being at home. But being in the church building, it was amazing to me how much my spirit needed that, that interaction with other people, even though it's not quite the same as it used to be. It was such, such just this huge, not, I don't want to say relief, but just a strength to me to be in there with other saints and other people who wanted to grow, who wanted to partake of the sacrament and to learn and to share testimonies. And it was, it's something that we really need. So that's what I thought of with shopping. I was thinking about laundry because after a trip, you have a lot of laundry to do. And we've been doing laundry almost nonstop. It seems like things get dirty. They have to be cleaned. If we don't wash our laundry and I have some individuals in my house who like to put it off (laughs) and then they end up, you end up with these really big, piles in your bedroom of dirty laundry and sometimes it makes your room smell it it can be a bad thing you've got to take care of that dirty laundry and clean it up so that it doesn't affect 
the cleanliness of your room and, and the smell of your room. And I was thinking so much about repentance. You know, we partake of the sacrament, we cleanse ourselves, and then we get dirty and things get dirty. It just happens. And if we don't repent and cleanse ourselves of those things and partake of the sacrament again, then they just get piled up and we start to smell spiritually speaking. And so it's important that we take care of our spiritual laundry. Really, a lot of my household chores are cleaning up after myself, cleaning up after my family, and then again, and again, and again, and it never ends, and and I get things clean and tidy, and I love it. I love it when my house is clean. I love it when my house is organized. That's always what I want. It, It's one of those things that just, to me, I am a lot happier and a lot calmer. When the house gets messy, my stress levels go up, and my happy levels go down. It's just kind of the way I'm, I am, but I love having a clean house, but it never stays clean. I get it cleaned up and the kids come home from school and all of a sudden it's chaos and messy again and I have to re-clean and it's just the way it is and everyone understands that I'm sure it just it's I'm not alone in having that happen I'm sure but it made me think about repentance there again we clean ourselves up we get dirty again and it always happens no matter how clean we get it and how much work it takes to get it clean it always gets messy again But the Savior isn't upset with me or unkind, maybe a better word, when I make a mess in my spiritual home. But rather, He's loving and He's encouraging and to encourages me to clean up again. And He helps me and provides ways for me to do that. And He shows me how. And as I related that spiritual lesson to my own home physically, I realized that you know, it's okay for me to want things to be clean because the Lord expects us to have, to be spiritually clean. He does, but he does it in a loving way. And it reminded me the importance of, even though sometimes my come, my kids come home or whatever, we, we make messes as we clean. And as I clean and make my kids clean or encourage my kids to clean, that I do that in a loving way and that I help them and provide opportunities for them to clean and to grow and to learn. I was thinking about my little girl who's almost two, Elise, and she's, we potty trained her a few months back. And when you potty train a child at that young age, she was ready and wanting to do it. So we went ahead and did it even though it's not really my favorite time of life, (laughs) it went very well. But at that age and at this age that she is, really, we have to take her repeatedly every couple of hours, make sure we remember to take her. And as we take her to the bathroom, we'd say, this is what we do. And we, we make sure we don't go potty in our panties. And we remind her of all those things she's supposed to do with the hope that someday she'll learn to do it herself. And It takes forever sometimes, it seems like. Like, I don't know, sometimes months, right? But eventually we hope that she will learn that herself as we encourage and help her. And it's the other day, so we've taught her to pray at night before she goes to bed. And the other day she went in to take her nap. Of course, I don't make her pray at nap time, but to her it's in the same room in the same bed and so she went down and she knelt down to pray and she started doing that every day now when she goes to take a nap because we taught her 
And now she's learned to do it and she does it without prompting every time she goes to bed, afternoon nap or evening bedtime. And we can do the same thing. And that's what our Savior does for us and our Heavenly Father. They teach us the same things in church and in the scriptures. And as I've been studying this year in Doctrine and Covenants, every week I feel like it's Revelation teaching me and reminding me that that revelation is a thing that I'm entitled to and that we each are and that Heavenly Father reveals His will to us and to church leaders and and that He's there and in a part of our lives. And He keeps telling us these things over and over in the hope and with the belief that someday we will learn that for ourselves and, and take action because of that knowledge that we're gaining. All situations in our lives can be turned spiritual. And I think as we try to see that side, it helps us to strengthen our testimonies and to have a better understanding of our Heavenly Father and of His desires for us in this life. And that's been really neat for me to do in the last couple of days as I've really tried to see the spiritual side of things, even the mundane things in my life and the daily tasks. Next week is an exciting week because we are studying the Easter lesson. And even more exciting, we get to study it for two weeks because it's conference weekend in there too. And so we get to study our Easter and learning about the Savior and His atonement for a couple of weeks. So very excited to be able to do that. Have a great week.